As of publication, Election Day is tomorrow. On the ballot this year is a race between incumbent Senator Doug Jones and former Auburn head football coach Tommy Tuberville. Last week, both Jones and Tuberville were invited to Auburn's campus by the College Republicans and College Democrats to host a forum with students. Jones showed up. Tuberville did not, citing a previous engagement. From the Auburn Plainsman, I'm Trice Brown. This week, I'll be handing over the show to Editor-in-Chief Jack West to talk about that forum and Jones's closing statement to moderate Alabamians. Stay with us. Hey, my name is Jack West, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of the Auburn Plainsman. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Suite 1111. If you enjoy this podcast, want to support it, and want to advertise with us, this space right here is available. If you're interested, send an email to admanager at theplainsman.com and we can get you all set up. Once again, that's admanager at theplainsman.com if you want to advertise with us. Thank you so much. On a warm Wednesday night in October, with a hurricane barreling towards Alabama's coastline, an array of masked faces sat in a lecture hall in Mel, waiting for the senator. The hall is packed, by COVID standards at least. Shortly after six, Jones, led by college Republican President Lydia Maxwell and college Democrat Vice President Seth Johnson, walked the length of the hall, stood six feet away from the audience, took off his mask, and started answering questions. These questions ranged from his biggest regrets since taking office. I think some state vote for Bill Barr. I think he's been, I, I've been so disappointed in Bill Barr's attorney general. To his opinions on expanding the Supreme Court under a potential Biden administration. It really does. We can't start carrying out institutions by our government. Just because we don't like it. Because we don't like the decisions. You know, back when I was growing up, uh, same thing was, was talked about. Because the Warren Court was a lot more liberal. They did a lot of things folks didn't particularly like. But things turned and things changed. There may be some proposals about modifying the Supreme Court. I do think this. I do think that the Supreme Court of the United States has now become a political body because of the way it's been handled in the United States Senate. And that's unfortunate. I'm a lawyer, and, and I want to make sure that every time a litigant goes in front of any judge in this country, whether they are a district judge, whether they're an appellate judge, whether they're the United States Supreme Court, they're going to believe that they're going to get a fair shot. As the night wore on, two themes seemed to develop. The first is that Jones views himself as a moderate in a time where people are looking for hyperpolarization. You'd be surprised that in Washington, D.C., in the Senate, it's not as partisan as you see. It's really not. I mean, I couldn't have gotten 22 bills passed in, in a, when, when I, I'm not a member of the party that controls the Senate or the presidency. I could have done that if it was as partisan. Uh, as you see, you know, that goes back to what I was talking about, about the regular order. And you don't see the debates on the floor. You just see political speeches. And it sounds like we just hate each other. We don't. And there's a lot of work. It gets a lot more partisan when you get outside of D.C. When you come to Alabama, it gets more partisan. When you go to any other state, it becomes more partisan. 
And the reason I think that's the case is because those of us in D.C. that go back, they, they campaign and they talk a good game about bipartisanship, but at the end of the day, it's us versus them. In question after question, Jones seemed to take a middle route on getting rid of the filibuster. Uh, look, let me give you a little bit of background. And, and one, one of the reasons I say that is because you're, you're, you're absolutely right that people change the rules to to do things because somebody's done something to them. What we're seeing in this country with this bipartisanship, we're seeing a pendulum going from right to left, left to right, right to left, without anything in the middle. And it's the middle folks like me who really need to be there to get things done. On the potential conflict between farmers and the need to address climate change. It's one of the most frustrating things I see these days. And, and we see it in climate issues, we see it in now with the pandemic. Uh, folks, we, uh, we have got to make sure that we trust our scientists. On foreign influence in American elections. Well, we have got to have an administration that's dedicated to do it. And if you think I'm knocking the Trump administration, I am. I'm sorry. I am. We have got to have administrations who will stand up to Vladimir Putin, President Xi, and others to say this has got to stop. And on the tensions this summer between protesters and police officers. As he said, I prosecuted the 16th Street bombing that occurred in 1963. I work with law enforcement all over the state, and I'm a strong proponent of law enforcement, local law enforcement. Law enforcement used to be called peace officers, and they're there for their communities. They're there to protect your community. But I think we would, we, law enforcement and others have to admit that we've got a problem throughout somewhere that we got to figure out what to do about. But law enforcement is just a part of that. We've still got discrimination in housing, in jobs, in health care. It's just not the fearfulness of going out at us. Time after time, Jones had the opportunity to swing a partisan club or spin questions back to either talking points or empty rhetoric, but he didn't. Both the questions from the audience and the senator's responses were about solving problems within the confines of bipartisanship and existing government institutions. Perhaps the biggest two cultural issues in Alabama, gun control and abortion rights, didn't even come up in the students' questions. However, these have both been topics where Tuberville has repeatedly attacked Jones. Just like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Doug Jones supports late-term abortion, promotes gun-grabbing regulations, opposes the Mexican border wall, and believes that President Trump's tax cuts for working families should be repealed. Seemingly in response, Jones brought these issues up himself. I want to say a couple of things before I get to the club, because it didn't come up. And I don't, I just, I don't want to leave here for anybody in the train that's been watching television ads believe that I am for abortion up until birth. I'm not at all. It's, it's not true. Period. It's a procedure that's rare. It's a medical procedure. It's an it's a, a issue for families that they struggle with every day. I am not for that. I do believe in the dignity of women. And, and, and I think the abortion question is one that's going to become so politicized. And I believe that, that as, as, as I've heard, we can disagree on where to draw the line on some of those, but quite frankly, it ought to be the women who are in their physicians who are drawing the lines on so many of those issues. 
But I don't want anybody to leave those damn commercials. Okay? That's number one. Number two, those of you who like to hunt, those of you who have firearms, I'm not going to take your bonuses. Okay? We, you know, we have eight years of Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Did anybody's gun get confiscated? No. <laughs> we have eight years of Bill Clinton. Anybody's gun get confiscated? No. Don't believe the ads and I'm against guns. This divide between the two candidates was the second theme that developed Wednesday night. However, it went largely unstated for most of the night. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Natalie Beckrank, Managing Editor of the Auburn Plainsman. I just want to remind everyone that if you'd like to support Sweet 1111 and the newsroom that creates it, you can log on to theplainsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 125 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here in Auburn. Once again, that's theplainsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. As previously mentioned, the day before the forum, Tommy Tuberville declined the college Republicans' invitation, citing a previous engagement. It is worth noting that this is only the latest in a slew of examples of Tuberville refusing to appear on stage with or directly debate Jones. While Jones did bring up the fact that Tuberville wasn't there earlier in the forum, I am disappointed that Tommy Tuberville is not here because I think it's important, I've always believed it is important, that people see candidates together side by side answering the same questions, talking about the same issues, not in just 30-second sound bites or one-minute sound bites that you hear on television and a TV ad. It wasn't until the end that he really brought into focus the elephant who wasn't in the room. He's not talking to the media about it, and he doesn't respect you enough to come here tonight to talk about it. And that's wrong. He sent out a fundraiser after the presidential debate said Americans deserve to see the candidates debate. See how they do under pressure. Take it away, <laughs> After the event, Jones said his campaign's internal polling shows that this is a close race. However, most public polls in Alabama have him trailing Tuberville by double digits. Most of the polls don't have him faring as bad as Biden in the state, but they all show him coming up short. Combining this race with a number of other ethical issues which have plagued Montgomery in the last decade, I asked Jones after the event if he thinks Alabama's political system is healthy. Uh, Tuberville has yet to be on stage with you, um, but also I'm thinking about uh, a former Speaker of the House who's been indicted, um, multiple former governors who've resigned. Do you think Alabama politics are healthy? No. How? No. <laughs> no. Why do you think that because is? Because we got a weak ethics law and they won't change it. Mm-hmm. They, you know, the very guy who championed strengthening the law immediately broke it, thought he had found some loopholes. Mm-hmm. No, it, 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 you know, look, and I, I think it's voters need to demand a little bit more. I think that that's number one. The problems, Jones said, go beyond any individual candidate or issue, though. I have been disappointed. I've represented politicians before, and they just, it, it, people get greedy, you know, and it's because they get into politics for the wrong reasons. They get into politics as a power grab, an ego trip, and not as service. 
And because it, it's about the people you serve, it's not about you, and they get lost on that. And I, I, I truly hope that tonight people got from me a message that I, I'm in it for people. I really am. And I, I can't say that about Coverville. However, in a handful of key Senate votes in the last three years, Jones has voted against what a majority of Alabamians believed on the topic. In September 2018, Jones voted against the confirmation of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. In January of 2020, he voted to convict the president in an impeachment hearing, and just recently, he voted against the confirmation of Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Jones said he made these votes based on principle and that he and his staff debated them time and time again in his office. I voted principle. You know, I, I did a lot of work on the Kavanaugh situation. Uh, and they had a, a rush process there. We didn't get all the documents. I didn't think he demonstrated uh, uh, an independence. He wanted to get on that court really bad. He had campaigned for it, didn't exercise that independence, and then all the other allegations came out, and I thought his temperament just went out the window. And so I voted as a matter of conscience. Nevertheless, Jones said he tries to direct attention away from these particular votes. So what I tell folks, so that's only a few votes out of over 900. Mm-hmm. And if they really look at the record of what I've done for the people of Alabama uh, compared to a record that is an unknown who only says he wants to support Donald Trump and not the people of Alabama, I, I, I feel pretty good about it. Win or lose on Election Day, Jones said the answers to some of Alabama's political problems will come from events like the one hosted Wednesday night. I want to talk to you because I am really impressed when the college Republicans and college Democrats can hold a forum and you can ask civil questions. These are some of the best questions that I have had in this campaign. And it's because you respect each other and you know that you can have partisan differences, but at the end of the day, you respect each other. And so to the college Republicans and college Democrats, thank you. To the college Republicans especially, thank you. I knew the Democrats would show up for me. He said the thoughtful questions, the honest disagreements, and the bold new experiences of this generation have the potential to create a new political reality that is not only more effective, but also more equal. We've got to change the dynamic in this country. We've got to change the dynamic where people can can talk to each other, not at each other. We've got to be able to sit down at a table and, and either break bread or have a drink or do whatever and talk to each other and importantly, listen to each other. In this age of hyperpartisanship, moderates like Doug Jones may be a dying breed. His message of middle-of-the-road cooperation seems to be something most Alabama voters aren't looking for. Tomorrow, or in the days that follow, we'll see how true that is. From the Auburn Plainsman, I'm Jack West, signing off. See you next week. The Plainsman reached out to Tuberville's campaign to request an interview with him. As of publication, we have not received a response.